CSG has simplified the complexity of business by delivering innovative customer engagement solutions that help companies acquire, monetize, engage, and retain customers. CSG manages billions of critical customer interactions every year, and you can find out more by visiting csgi.com. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I'm an editor here at Light Reading, and I'm joined as ever by my fellow editor and colleague, Kelsey Zeiser. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, Phil. How are things? They're pretty good. It's almost turkey time. <laughs> it's almost turkey time, indeed. <laughs> um, it, it's, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting the Thanksgiving holidays uh, coming up upon us in the U.S., and uh, uh, which will mean we'll... This year, kind of nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it is a place. Uh, it is a place to uh, to sit back, take stock, watch a little football, uh, eat a little more than usual, as if that's possible with me these <laughs> right. days. I think everyone's and, eating more than usual. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, this time it'll be celebratory eating and not stress right. eating, so it's that's good. Like acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still the same amount of food. It's it's still overeating, but it's a uh, but it's in a much more. Uh, a pleasant frame of mind as opposed to like, uh, you know, stress eating chips on election night. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, everyone's doing it versus those like people I see on Instagram that are like, I got really into running since the pandemic started and I just did my first 11 miles. I'm like, wow. Good for for you. (laughs) I couldn't do that unless there was a bear chasing me for 10 and a half miles. That's, that's the only way I could run 11 miles. Same. Um, I always joke that in a zombie apocalypse, I'd probably be one of the first to go <laughs> yeah i would just try to bargain with them right I'd be like no wait hold, hold on you don't understand i'm this i i can i'm smart i can help you out of this <laughs> also it tastes terrible <laughs> also, also here's the names of all my friends <laughs> okay so i'm a zombie sellout fine but you know of all the all the things people hate me for, go ahead and Aww. add that to the list. <laughs> My God, he would sell us out if we were being attacked by zombies. Yes, I would. That's I would true. Push you down and run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Him first. That's my <laughs> that's my motto. Yeah. Now all, right. all our, uh, our listeners know that we're um, you know morally flexible <laughs> over that's here. That's right. <laughs> It's like we can't be bought, but we can be talked into damn near anything. That's the uh, <laughs> that's the light reading way. All right. Anyway, um, I think we're here to do a podcast. Yes. Uh, besides just uh, uh, making zombie and turkey jokes, um, uh, our our guest today is Mauricio Sanchez. He's an, uh, a research director over at Deloro, and he watches um, the networking space and the security space. And he's he's from both spaces. He's worked mm-hmm. at uh, vendors in his career. Um, you know, both on uh, at Intel and other places where he's um, kind of seen both sides of that chasm mm-hmm. <laughs> grow up in parallel. And like he says on the podcast, he always sort of thought they should have been more tightly wed together mm-hmm. uh, because you almost can't um, have effective networking unless you have security, you know, mm-hmm. as, as, you know, baked in throughout. Um, which leads us to uh, your your new favorite acronym. <laughs> Getting sassy. <laughs> That's right. I feel like so, it yeah. could have a jingle to go along with it too. 
I'm sure somebody's working on that. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there's some, some poor vendor marketing department somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we, um, we spelled out what the acronym exactly is in the podcast, but it's, um, mm. I believe it's secure access service edge. Um, yes. but Mauricio does give a really good explanation of what exactly it is. Cause there's a lot of confusion and there's different definitions and, you know, some are a page long, <laughs> but I luckily know, he yeah. gave us kind of a, the, the one second or one sentence recap and um, also explained where SD-WAN fits in there because I, I feel like there's been some um, confusion there as well as because a lot of SD-WAN vendors are now adopting the SASE terminology. Does that mean that, you know, SD-WAN is going away or what, right. what the heck is going on? So well, we yeah, that. He, he did a good job of also putting it into context of like the other security markets, like, you know, standalone mm -hmm. firewalls and other and gateways and other discrete network elements and what happens to those, you know, and, and what businesses are likely to um, you adopt SASE first and how they're doing it. And we also talked a little bit about, you know, the service provider opportunity. Where are telcos and cable providers and other service providers? Where do they show up in this? What, where do they become uh, capable partners for these mm -hmm. enterprises who are looking to, you know, secure their networks, but to do so in kind of a more cutting edge way than what, um, you know, than buying like 15 different appliances for 15 different branch offices. Right. Um, and this also is, you know, again, it dovetails nicely too with what we're seeing in all all parts of the network across, you know, five G and everywhere else is the in you know the movement toward really sophisticated software being delivered as a service to devices that are extremely powerful in their own right, but they're mm -hmm. not necessarily purpose built. They're just kind of you know they're kind of purpose built for a for uh, for a spot in the network, but not a single network function. Right. And um, uh, and so anyway, he kind of, yeah, you're right. He kind of knits all that together. And, and uh, throughout, you can hear me asking uh, questions with real authentic confusion in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> and let's get right to the interview with Mauricio Sanchez from Deloro. This podcast is sponsored by Nokia, proud builder of IP and optical communications infrastructure, the beating heart of the networks that keep us all going. Nokia IP and Optical, the foundation for what's to come. Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. Our guest today, Kelsey, is uh, Mauricio Sanchez. He's a research director at Del Oro, and he studies... Uh, network security, data center appliances, and something called SASE. Hi, Mauricio. How are you? Hi, Phil. Hi, Kelsey. Doing well here. Yeah, Excellent. good to have you here. Um, so Kelsey probably knows more about SASE than I do at this point because of her coverage of the SD-WAN market. It was, it was an early emerging uh, acronym uh, in that space. Um, yeah, but I so guess my first... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, um, I, like you said, Phil, I think there's still some um, confusion in the industry over what SASE is. And um, I see a lot of SD-WAN vendors, for example, kind of, it's, I know they don't mean to, but it almost seems like they're using SASE and SD-WAN interchangeably for the time being. So um, huh. is, how would you define SASE and also 
is SD-WAN a subset of SASE or is it a replacement? Is SASE a replacement for SD-WAN? Um, that's a great question. And I wouldn't say that it's limited to SD-WAN vendors. There's a, a like any new acronym that uh, catches fire in the uh, industry. Uh, there's a lot of sassy washing happening out there. So it's not just the SD-WAN vendors. I see um, uh, secure web gateway vendors. I see um, even um, other vendors outside of both the SD-WAN and secure web gateway. Um, so right now, everyone's trying to jump on the bandwagon because uh, it's it's caught fire. And um, there's a number of reasons why that is. But before we get into those, let me... Uh, answer your question. Uh, the way that we see it here is uh, pretty much from a pragmatic um, view that uh, we see SAS as the intersection of networking and security in the cloud delivered um, vehicle or solution. So we've been talking about how networking and security should be joined at the hip. Gosh, all the way to the beginning of my career, I've been in, in networking and security for over 20 years now. And that's always been a theme about how do we uh, accomplish that such that there is a single control panel, so to speak, that an administrator could then look at and control the network experience or the security policy uh, in their in their environment. So we, we look at it from from um, that that standpoint about uh, solutions that are aiming to address that particular end goal. And you're right that SD-WAN is um, one of the uh, fundamental technologies that uh, can be pressed into service in uh, being able to, to uh, instantiate the solution that integrates networking and security. But it's not limited to, uh, like I said, just SD-WAN. Uh, it also brings into view, at least from, from our perspective, uh, technologies from uh, Secure Web Gateway, as well as technologies from the, the, the firewall landscape. So in a nutshell, we see that that from a from a technology perspective, it's when you take uh, a little bit of SD-WAN, a little bit of firewall, and a little bit of secure web gateway, and put it together into a single controlled uh, cloud-delivered uh, solution that you get into that 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 SASE space. So so um, I think that was your first question, and the second question was, well, is is SASE going to replace SD-WAN? And I think the short answer is is no, right? No differently than, than um, I would say that, that the SASE isn't gonna take out the firewall market, nor is it gonna take out the uh, the secure web gateway market, but there will be a, a sizable part of the market where um, you know, SD-WAN, uh, rather than, than a customer deploying SD-WAN as a, as, a, as a independent solution and service for the networking needs of a particular enterprise, they're gonna go into the sassy side of the house and say okay i want i want more of a of an integrated approach that that uh uh lets me uh like i said control the network experience and manage the security policy through a single uh control panel and and, and do it across my users my branch offices my my entire network okay that makes sense so sd wans kind of one tier of this three tiered sassy cake <laughs> i guess <laughs> yes yeah, so you could you could use your favorite analogy right whether it's a cake you know whether it's a it's a stool i like i like the stool analogy right so it's a three-legged stool because um you know no stool with uh, uh one leg or two legs will stand up but uh when you when you've got uh, three legs to the stool uh then 
you got something that's that's stable and and, yeah. and worthwhile. That's probably better than a, than a cake analogy because she can still have two <laughs> tiers and it's still delicious. But. That's what I was about to say. You can Even have a one tier cake. cake. Okay, guys. <laughs> I can't talk about myself. So, yeah, not, let's not let's not uh, you know throw shade on the single tier cake. I'm, uh, I'm all about it. Um, I, I have a question about, I guess the 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 management component of it. So, are are is the ideal situation that can, that the enterprise would manage their security in one, you know, their secure access edge in one, you know, dashboard, let's say. And then, of course, they're going to have their networking services, you know, like SD-WAN and stuff in another one, and then maybe some internal stuff in another one. Or is all of this, is this, is all of this stuff capable of being brought together? Um, because they, they, they're both, uh, SD-WAN and SASE are both sort of espousing this idea of uh, multiple network functions, multiple devices uh, all being brought brought together, but I'm not exactly, I guess I'm having a hard time conceptual, uh, visualizing how that, how that works. Sure. Well, think of that, that when someone, uh, an enterprise decides to go, uh, on the SASE bandwagon, they're going to do so and not deploy SD-WAN. So it's, it's a, it really is an either, or that as a jump into, uh, a direction of, of, uh, deploying SASE, they will then, uh, or no longer need to, to go off and deploy either a secure web gateway solution or uh, SD-WAN solution. And if um, for some environments, it may get to the point where the, the firewall and the traditional perimeter stack that's on data centers may also evaporate because all of that functionality gets um, uh, sucked up into the, into the, um, the, the SASE uh, solution set. And, and that's why I go back that, um, these independent markets, um, again, of SD-WAN firewalls and secure web gateways, isn't going to go away because not all enterprises out there are going to necessarily want to go into uh, putting, using another analogy, putting all their eggs in a single basket, right? And so, um, you know, that, that's kind of the the, the billion-dollar question: is is that that uh, we in the analyst community uh, are uh, debating is, well. How fast is that going to uh, any sort of convergence between these uh, what could be seen as siloed mar uh, markets and solutions going to integrate into um, a unified uh, SASE solution? But to answer your question, no, it is a a a, a, um, a an answer where an enterprise once they jump into SASE, they're not going to go buy and buy off a, a separate SD WAN solution, a specialized SD WAN vendor solution. They're going to leverage the SD-WAN capability that is part of the SASE solution. Uh, thanks for helping me kind of uh, pick picture how that works in the real world. Because I was, you know, because once I was sort of getting my head around that, now I'm sort of thinking about, okay, now I'm, uh, you know, I guess because of our the market that we sort of cover, I'm trying to figure out like where where that service provider opportunity is, where where they're getting, where where are they going to get excited about SASE becoming a, a hot topic? And, and you actually, um, Phil, hit on the on the great point because um, w one of the uh, the things that that I want to note is that it's not about that that the technology necessarily uh, has to come all from the same vendor. So for uh, the channel or for the service provider uh, type of of uh, outfit, there will be an opportunity for them to uh, go at this as a managed services play where they 
may choose to go on the technology backend with a single provider of all the SASE functionality, or they may choose to stitch it together with the outcome being the same in either, in either case for the end customer being the enterprise, that for them, uh, they'll have a single point of, of going into um, being able to control the network experience and, and manage security policy. Yeah, that makes sense. And that actually, now I, now I get it a little bit more from the service provider point of view. Anytime there's like a, um, a you know, a plethora of, of possible solutions, but it's kind of coming to being delivered as one thing that, that puts them in a great position to be that trusted, you know, advisor, integrator, uh, you know, all purpose uh, deliverer of services because it all ties back into their connectivity anyway. So it, it's it's a good good starting point for them. Exactly, exactly. Mauricio, would you say are there any specific verticals or size of enterprises that SASE would appeal to the most? Uh, definitely. So um, I think in 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 our forecast that uh, we put together for the advanced research report, uh, the 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 first wave is clearly on the smaller side of the enterprise landscape. And, and so it's small to medium enterprises where the uh, there's a couple of things that have set up for them to be primed to uh, adopters of this, of this technology. First, that crew or that class of outfit is typically um, overburdened, right? So networking and security is already something that they don't have enough staff for. So it's not that, that they've necessarily specialized and have a separate NetOps teams from a SecOps team, and 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 uh, and so for them, SASE is going to come across and is coming across as that easy button. Okay, I need to deploy networking in, in a secure fashion to all my mobile users, to branch offices. Um, sign me up, uh, since it's a it's a it's a easy, much easier way to 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 get from point A to point B. So we see that as being kind of the the first wave. Of of, uh, of of opportunity, but um, no, I do foresee that in in the next five years, towards the end of my uh, forecast, uh, that that the uh, opportunity will expand into the uh, other reaches or the larger organizations, because as they see that that the opportunity to uh, move from a capex to an opex model or being able to simplify the staffing dedicated to being able to sustain the current um, uh, the technologies deployed, it's gonna become quite compelling, but you know, there will be the, 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 uh, the pushback just from the natural resistance to change because we do have entrenched SecOps and NetOps teams in larger organizations. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, the since you mentioned the opex versus capex sort of dilemma, um, I wasn't sure about you know in your forecast. Do you have the hardware side of this or the software side of this driving most of the growth in SASE? Uh, so it's the the software. So so definitely this is a a SaaS and and software play where um, yes there is still a business for sheet metal uh, because the internet doesn't isn't wireless yet. Right, there's still uh, and and there's still uh, CPE boxes that need to get deployed, but the traditional business model where a significant amount of the revenue pool is associated with an appliance, as it is today in branch routing, uh, or or firewalls, is going this that pendulum is going to sh- shift away f- uh, from the from the appliance model towards it being a subscription model that's uh, a more of a SaaS delivered. 
and the box, you know, they, they get to the point kind of uh, uh, where the CPE boxes are um, rather inexpensive compared to today's appliance pricing. And and it's really just a, a way to get the the, the bits from, uh, say, a branch office into the uh, vendor SASE network. I might be confusing networking topics, but is this where the universal CPE comes in or the, the ones that are kind of more gen- generic and capable to handle any kind of networking need yeah so that's definitely part of the of the of the picture here so in fact uh i know of of a couple of these upstart sassy vendors who uh deliver a virtual machine image that then they tell their customers uh you can put it on a little CPE box if you're choosing. So a universal CPE box. They also carry one if a little white box guy if, if you don't have your own. But uh, yeah, that's definitely a space where we uh, see that that there's, that's kind of come into a view as part of this sassy picture. And what kind of overall growth are you seeing for the sassy market over the next five years? Um that's a great question, and at least in our forecasting, and what we published is that this is a a uh, extremely large uh, market. Uh, that uh, in five years it will be north of um, uh, five billion. So considering that today uh, it probably is uh, a quarter of a billion or two hundred fifty million, that nets out to about a hundred and sixteen percent compound annual uh, growth. So it's going to grow very quickly uh, with a lot of upside that is uh, largely determined by the adoption rate, which is the largest determinant, right? So we, I go back to saying that uh, the small and medium side of the of the enterprise landscape is the ones that are going to drive this. But if the larger guys uh, really get going, then, then there could be some some upside to, to that uh, um, $5 billion number. What do you think are the keys to... Um unlocking that larger market i mean again my my just because we cover this market i would imagine getting that's where the service providers would sort of shine right is like get, getting that big bigger enterprise customer um uh, on board but what what's what seems to be holding that market back now or is is it just the fact that it's a brand new brand new space uh, yeah, that's basically it. Uh, because again, it's it's a fundamental change in the large enterprise where it first they gotta uh, believe that giving up the control of the existing architecture and, and way of deploying networking security uh, that if they go to a unified model, they'll be able to get the same um, level of networking and security. And a lot of the the people and vendors that are doing it don't necessarily have that long track record, right? So large enterprises by their nature are very conservative. So it will be a question that that uh, if someone out there is able to convince them that, hey, we've got great SLAs, we've got the same level of security, we'll be able to address whatever the needs are that you're getting addressed by the current solution, that would go a long way in getting the larger enterprise to buy in. Um, but yeah, basically right now it's just, it's a new solution and no one wants to be on the 1.0. Yeah, I imagine that would be, you know, especially important for financial institutions that um, where security is just very, very important. <laughs> Not that it isn't for everyone, but especially <laughs> for your bank accounts. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, from a vertical perspective, you could think about uh, every market vertical now with network, the network being cornerstone to their um, existence. 
if you're in manufacturing, if your network goes down, you can't have manufacturing lines go down. Then mm-hmm. uh, in finance, sure, if if data uh, gets leaked out uh, in healthcare, imagine health records get uh, get hacked. So yeah, there's any number of uh, worst case scenarios that, that uh, I think you can dream up. And until again, the market matures and vendors' technologies mature and that, that, that there's a, a better track record, I think that's just going to be a natural um, uh, obstacle to adoption. Mm-hmm. It also seems like it might be a good opportunity for the kind of best of breed or, or well-known security vendors like Fortinet or Palo Alto to partner um, with some of the the service providers or um, folks doing SASE so that they have that peace of mind of um, this is, you know, security is there in their DNA and um, just having that reassurance there. Yeah, you're entirely right. That's actually one of the the, the four um, key uh, tenants uh, that uh, I highlight as being um, necessary for uh, success in the SASE market is that if a vendor has uh, premier security technology, they'll be able to, to, to make some very compelling arguments about, hey, come to us, you'll get the same level of security versus someone, uh, a startup that doesn't have that pedigree and and it's like well what am i getting myself into <laughs> right what one time where it's good to you know buy the brand name not the generic <laughs> just kidding <laughs> right you want that's right that's right you know until it's generic until uh, go ahead sorry no, I was just going to say, yeah, security is not yet uh, uh, on the, it doesn't have a generic label right. just just yet. Yeah. So you don't want to buy right. the, the no name brand. Yeah. It's generic hardware, not generic, all the other stuff. Right. <laughs> um, in the, uh, it, I guess the, uh, we're, we're just about out of time. Kelsey, do you have any, any other, I, I have one last question, uh, but I wanted to throw it to you first. If you have one no, last go for one. It. You're good. Okay. So just because we've at, you know, this is kind of a perpetual persistent question, but has, has this market, I know it's slated for growth over the next five years and it looks like, you know, quite, quite rapid growth. Um, and we're not even hitting the big enterprises yet, you know, as, as a majority of that market, um, has the pandemic set this market back or has it really made a dent in it at all? Given the fact that it's kind of mostly a, a software as a service play. It has been a huge uh, tailwind. So it's accelerated the interest in SASE. And again, that's why everyone this year um, has been jumping on it. Uh, it started at RSA 2020, but the pandemic has really highlighted the need to re-architect um, the, in particular, the remote access side of, of enterprise networks. And so uh, because everyone's gone remote, then everyone, all major, most enterprises are rethinking about their uh, long-term networking security strategies. So SASE has come into view in that uh, perfect time continuum where a bunch of enterprises now rethinking is like, well, where do I go from here now that the entire network has been turned upside down and highly distributed so SASE is is definitely one of the the, the key solutions that uh, is being looked at. All right. Well, thanks for uh, uh, no. It's 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 interesting because that's that's uh, th- there are a handful of networking and especially service provider markets that have actually just shot you know shot ahead in the pandemic uh, because of companies rethinking how they're you know 
what they're in business to do and how they're going to, you know, how their business is going to continue. Um, but, uh, we do, we do appreciate, uh, uh, Mauricio Sanchez. Thanks for, thanks for being on the podcast and thanks for, uh, for bringing us up to speed on Sassy. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thanks to our amazing producer, Tian Fu, for all his hard work editing the podcast. And also a big thanks to our listeners for tuning in and sharing the podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you have any ideas about a future podcast topic or a potential guest for the show, please email us at editors at lightreading.com. Please also tell a friend to subscribe and thanks for listening to the Light Reading Podcast. We'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by Nokia, proud builder of IP and optical communications infrastructure, the beating heart of the networks that keep us all going. Nokia IP and Optical, the foundation for what's to come. CSG has simplified the complexity of business by delivering innovative customer engagement solutions that help companies acquire, monetize, engage, and retain customers. CSG manages billions of critical customer interactions every year, and you can find out more by visiting csgi.com.